This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. I think there's some fun props that should be on the board for this one. Uh, Shannon Sharp sitting courtside. I've got that at minus 120. (laughs) Shannon Sharp wearing a crochet cardigan. Five to one if you're willing to take a little risk. Dylan Brooks having a technical foul. That's minus 120. John Brand's dad mentioned in the broadcast minus 150. And finally, a Grizzlies player mentioning the Golden State Warriors in a post-game press conference for two to one. Jinx, are you willing uh, to look at any of these fun props that I have laid out? I will take Shannon Sharp wearing a cardigan for five to one. I don't think I've ever seen Shannon Sharp when he's not wearing a cardigan. I interviewed Shannon Sharp a few years ago at the Super Bowl, and I believe he was wearing a cardigan there. It was very Cosby-esque, but I feel like that's just a big guy in a fluffy cardigan. You can't go wrong with that. It's a great look. It should become his signature look. I'll take it at five to one. Ooh, I like the plus money on the card. I do think that this is the matchup that the TV executives wanted because there's so many storylines, like starting with Shannon Sharp, because we know he's a big LeBron guy. We know he's already had the fight with John Morant's dad. Uh, so I do wonder if he is going to be in the stand. Because I think he's somebody that definitely loves the attention. And of course, it drives attention to his show. But do you think he's going to be at any of these games? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a huge LeBron guy. And it is the playoffs, right? So I will say it should be an entertaining series because there's going to be a ton of star power on the court, sort of old guard versus new guard. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. Yeah, I think he should be there uh, if he wants the attention, the likes, the retweets that he so desperately craves. So I think he will be there, and I'll be waiting with my popcorn. So let's get into this series that we now have laid out for us. Uh, The first game, we've got the Grizzlies laying three and a half at home. Uh, Lakers plus plus 125 on the money line if you are interested in LeBron and company rattling off yet another win. So, Jinx, what are some of the the storylines on the court that you'll be watching? Well, I think it's going to be, to me, whether or not the Lakers can just hold up. That may seem like a tired storyline, but ultimately, it's the one I think that matters the most. The Grizzlies are clearly the younger team. They're going to be more energetic here. They've been a wagon at home as far as playing against the number. But the main story, I think, is whether or not the Lakers can hold up and and not – like if if any team can pull off the upset, I think maybe – maybe it's the Lakers. I don't expect that to happen, but I think they could, based on their experience, LeBron could always go off, have an incredible series. So could AD. They've been playing very good down the stretch. However, you have to wonder longer term because this is a, I mean, the NBA playoffs go on and on and on. At what point do the Lakers run out of gas? Do they have enough in the tank? because they will be tested against a Grizzlies team that plays very up-tempo. They're very difficult to stop. Do the Lakers have enough in the tank to hang in this series? That, To me, that's the primary storyline. Oh, for sure. I think that's the biggest question for LeBron James because he's somebody that looked very tired last night. He looks like he ran out of gas in the fourth quarter and in overtime because, yes, you see the headline that LeBron James and the Lakers won the game, but it's not like he was especially lebron james-esque uh in some of those minutes like he looked tired and he definitely looked like one of the older guys on the court so i think that's definitely a storyline the other one i'm looking at is the youth of the grizzlies because nobody has ever said that the grizzlies are not talented and a team that cannot hang with the best in the west 
Uh, it's just a team that kind of you you question the focus sometimes. Like going back to Dylan Brooks, the fact that he's had 16 or more, 16 plus technicals this season, you wonder if he's going to do it again because obviously this is not the time and the place to let your temper get the best of you. But we've seen him blow leads and we've seen him kind of lose focus. Like there's a reason that you don't bet on the Grizzlies when they're playing uh, or when they're laying, laying these big numbers because the focus just sometimes doesn't feel like it's there. And we've seen it from other young teams. Like, look at the T-Wolves in the postseason. Both last year and this year, they have had some of their guys that are supremely talented. Look at Anthony Edwards. Didn't show up last night. So I think that's the question for the Grizzlies for me is, is this fun of the year where they seem to get older and wiser and a little bit more focused? Yeah, and I also want to see the Grizzlies prove they can get it done. I've said this time and time and time and time again, but ultimately... Can this Grizzlies team put it together and be the team that they think they are? The Grizzlies, in their minds, I feel like, believe that they are as good as anyone in the NBA. And and maybe they aren't, but they need to prove it because they haven't won anything. And nothing drives me crazier than teams that have that sort of attitude, like they've done something. It's like you haven't done anything. Like you're incredibly talented. Maybe you set some team franchise records during the regular season that's great i like the grizzlies they're fun to watch but you got to win something before you start talking smack and i know you're making a joke early on at the beginning of the segment about will the grizzlies mention the warriors they probably will knowing the grizzlies they'll probably say something because that's how brash they are but brashness means nothing unless you can back it up it's time for memphis to back it up Although, when it comes to X's and O's, I do think that the Lakers are a tough matchup for the Grizzlies because the Lakers are a really good team down low, uh, a team that's especially good at rebounding. We know Anthony Davis defensively is a very good rim protector. Uh, so I think that's a tough matchup because even when you have somebody who's electric at getting to the hole, like John Morant, when you have excellent defenders, especially when LeBron is in his A game, like he's a good defender too. Like, let's not get it twisted. Uh, so I think this is probably the worst draw for the Grizzlies. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be the problem with the running out of gas. Because like I said, LeBron and the Lakers looked very tired last night. I don't think that this is going to get any better when you go into a full series where it's not just one game. Well, and also the Grizzlies are really, really good at home. At least they were for most of the season. If you look at their number now, they fell off a little bit at the end. Jaw did not play in some of those games. But overall... This season at home, at least at covering the number, they are 23-17-1. And, and this line seems a little short to me. Again, I am I am staying away unless I really have a side. Maybe I'll put a sprinkle on the NBA playoffs, but I find the NBA very, very tedious this time of year. The lines are so very sharp. But, yeah, ultimately, this just comes down to whether or not the Grizzlies will be the Grizzlies team that we projected them to be at the start of the season, and now's the time. Yeah, let's talk about this line for just a second. The Grizzlies, three and a half point home favorites, but it's minus 105, which means that, you know, it could go the other direction pretty quick uh, if they see money on one side. I think the LeBron factor is definitely built into this number. I think the Lakers should be bigger underdogs in this game. Like you said, the Grizzlies are going to be the more rested team and also a team that's been very, very good at home. I think they'll have the vibes going. They're a team that usually gets off to a hot start. Because so I think in game one, I'm definitely going to be on the Grizzlies. I think maybe the Lakers can steal a game or two. But overall, I do think it's the Grizzlies that win the series and especially 
game one, and especially maybe in the first half. This is a team that likes to get out to hot starts. Sometimes the question is if they can put their foot on the gas pedal in the second half. So already I'm leaning towards the Grizzlies in game one. Uh, what about you? Do you have a pick for game one, or are you staying away from this one? I'm going to stay away from this one, and also I don't like to look ahead too much. I like to wait more until – like I, I, I'm just I don't like to handicap games like days before. I like to kind of wait and see. Well, the, unless I have a really strong side and I say, okay, let me get this number now. But when it comes to the NBA, I kind of like to see where the money's headed. I like to make sure, especially in the NBA, that certain players are going to be healthy as opposed to not healthy because this is a problem when you bet the NBA during the regular season. So I'm going to stay away until maybe game time. But I would absolutely link Grizzlies. Yeah, I like the Grizzlies even better in the first half, and that is uh, somewhere where they have been profitable all season long. The number two team in the NBA, first half ATS, uh, hitting at a blistering, um, well, I don't have the percentage, 50 and 31 and one against the spread. So quite the moneymaker if you just play the Grizz in the first half against the number. Let's go on to the Celtics and Hawks series, where it's a bigger number in this one, the Celtics laying eight and a half total, 230 and a half. I think this is where the number maybe starts to matter. We have seen the Celtics kind of sleepwalk through some of these games where they're big favorites. So maybe this qualifies. It's not quite double digits. Do you think the urgency is finally turned on for Boston? I think so. I I don't I think I'm still I think I'm still jaded by the fact that the Celtics just sort of wilted a little bit and Jason Tatum wilted a little bit in last year's NBA finals. But I think I'm probably being too hard on him, honestly. And I think I'm over, I think I'm sort of overstating like how bad it was. It wasn't terrible. It's just not what we saw during the regular season. I also think that this total seems a little high, 230 and a half. The Celtics can be good defensively. They're very efficient offensively. This is a big number, but I do believe in the Celtics and I, I don't trust the Hawks much. Yeah, they they beat the Heat. Good for them. I would have leaned Heat last night. I would have been on the Heat. But the Heat are also completely untrustworthy, whereas you know what you're going to get with the Celtics. And the Celtics are also so very deep and can beat you in so many different ways. So I would definitely lean Celtics here. I think I'd lean towards the Celtics, but I wouldn't be shocked if they don't cover this number. Like, I do think they win. They turn the urgency on at some point. But like I said, the body of work is saying that you shouldn't trust the Celtics. Uh, laying big numbers because here's the difference between this year and last year last year this was a Celtics team that was peaking at the absolute right time of the season they started out really slow but then had this monstrous stretch where they were just completely dominant and this year it's the polar opposite they started the season very dominant and then they had this stretch where you know they would lose outright to some bad teams, or they just weren't covering numbers so I don't think it's a team right now that I can trust laying this big of a number, especially in the first game of the season where, or not, uh, the postseason, I should say, where they've kind of been sitting around. Do you think that has an impact where a team's come in kind of hot? Because I think it does matter in college basketball, but I tend to think it's not as big of an issue when you're talking about momentum carrying over when it comes to the NBA. Yeah, I think this time of year, I think this sort of rest because you're dealing with pros and because you're dealing with guys who, I mean, for all the all the gruff I give these guys about all the guff I give these guys about sitting out when they shouldn't be sitting out, maybe resting too much. The, the NBA season is a grind. There's no question about that. So I will also say at the same time, I think having a break like this, particularly in the NBA, is probably good for most of these teams. 
So if it was a long layoff, we're talking two or three weeks, maybe that's different. But I think having a week off in the NBA right before the playoffs is huge. Here's the other question I have for you. Do you think the Hawks can steal a game in this series, or do you think it's going to be uh, a railroading by the Celtics? Because, you know, if this game was played on paper, it would absolutely be a dominating series win by a Celtics team that's not only very good in their starting five, but a team that's especially deep. But, you know, there's a reason they play the games. Do you think the Hawks can steal a game? I don't think so. I just, I, I I don't think they're talented enough. I don't think they're deep enough. And if you can slow down Trey Young, you can slow down the Hawks. Now, I thought the Heat would do that last night in that game because they did it earlier this season when they held Trey Young at one point to, I think, eight points in one of those four matchups during the regular season. He's not a guy you're going to shut down completely. I don't I don't think Boston's going to go out and hold Trey Young to six or seven points but I do think because they're so deep and because they're so good defensively I mean they have Marcus Smart one of the best defenders in the game and overall Malcolm Brogdon is a good defender there's a lot of ways the Celtics can slow down the Hawks so yeah maybe the Hawks can keep it within the number but as far as beating Boston outright in Boston I I just don't see that happening I don't either but maybe they can sneak one win in there maybe it's one game where the Celtics just go cold and ice tray actually warms up I gotta give a shout out real quick to Clint Capella last night dude had 20 rebounds how does that happen 21 rebounds oh my goodness what a game from the rebounding machine for the Hawks however that was against the heat I'm not sure if he dominates the boards as much uh in this Celtics series because they are much more talented down low because I think that's why the Hawks had a good chance last night is because they kept mm-hmm. getting a lot of second chance points so I think that's one matchup that maybe looks like you know the the Hawks could contend but I'm not so sure I, I don't think that Clint Capella is going to be notching 21 boards against this Celtics um, uh, big men staff no that's a that's an anomaly against any NBA team whether it's the Heat or otherwise the Hawks do have some talent but it's going to have to be sort of all hands on deck everyone's going to have to ball out for them to win this series don't think it's going to happen but they're going to have to have everything go right right it's always a tough path when you have to go through the play-in tournament because you also have to play that one extra game and use all of your might and your mental strength to get past that one game season For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.